Chapter 22, Proteins. Part 1, Nuts and Nut Foods. Part of an Adequate Diet. Grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables constitute the diet chosen for us by our Creator. These foods, prepared in as simple and natural a manner as possible, are the most healthful and nourishing. They impart a strength, a power of endurance, and a vigor of intellect that are not afforded by a more complex and stimulating diet. In grains, fruit, vegetables, and nuts are to be found all the food elements that we need. If we will come to the Lord in simplicity of mind, He will teach us how to prepare wholesome food free from the taint of flesh meat. Nut foods to be carefully prepared and inexpensive. God has given us an ample variety of healthful foods, and each person should choose from it the things that experience and sound judgment prove to be best suited to his own necessities. Nature's abundant supply of fruits, nuts, and grains is ample, and year by year the products of all lands are more generally distributed to all by the increased facilities for transportation. Nuts and nut foods are coming largely into use to take the place of flesh meats. With nuts may be combined grains, fruits, and some roots to make foods that are healthful and nourishing. Care should be taken, however, not to use too large a proportion of nuts. Those who realize ill effects from the use of nut foods may find the difficulty removed by attending to this precaution. Much time should be spent in learning how to prepare nut foods, but care should be taken not to reduce the bill of fare to a few articles, using little else than the nut foods. The majority of our people cannot obtain the nut preparations. Few know how to prepare them properly for use, even if they could buy them. The foods used should correspond to the climate. Some foods suitable for one country would not do at all in another place. And the nut foods should be made as inexpensive as possible so that they can be procured by the poor. Proportion of nuts to other ingredients. Careful attention should be given to the proper use of nut foods. Some kinds of nuts are not so wholesome as others. Do not reduce the bill of fare to a few articles composed largely of nut foods. These foods should not be used too freely. If they were used more sparingly by some, the results would be more satisfactory. As combined in large proportions with other articles in some of the recipes given, they make the food so rich that the system cannot properly assimilate it. I have been instructed that the nut foods are often used unwisely, that too large a proportion of nuts is used, that some nuts are not as wholesome as others. Almonds are preferable to peanuts, but peanuts in limited quantities may be used in connection with grains to make nourishing and digestible food. Three years ago, a letter came to me saying, 
I cannot eat the nut foods. My stomach cannot take care of them. Then there were several recipes presented before me. One was that there must be other ingredients combined with the nuts, which would harmonize with them, and not use such a large proportion of nuts. One-tenth to one-sixth part of nuts would be sufficient, varied according to combinations. We tried this, and with success. Part two, eggs. Use of eggs will become more and more unsafe. Those who live in new countries or in poverty-stricken districts where fruits and nuts are scarce should not be urged to exclude milk and eggs from their dietary. It is true that persons in full flesh and in whom the animal passions are strong need to avoid the use of stimulating foods, especially in families of children who are given to sensual habits, eggs should not be used. But in the case of persons whose blood-making organs are feeble, especially if other foods to supply the needed elements cannot be obtained, milk and eggs should not be wholly discarded. Great care should be taken, however, to obtain milk from healthy cows and eggs from healthy fowls that are well fed and well cared for, and the eggs should be so cooked as to be most easily digested. The diet reform should be progressive. As disease in animals increases, the use of milk and eggs will become more and more unsafe. An effort should be made to supply their place with other things that are healthful and inexpensive. The people everywhere should be taught how to cook without milk and eggs so far as possible and yet have their food wholesome and palatable. Not to be classed with flesh meat. Milk, eggs, and butter should not be classed with flesh meat. In some cases, the use of eggs is beneficial. The time has not come to say that the use of milk and eggs should be wholly discarded. Let the diet reform be progressive. Let the people be taught how to prepare food without the use of milk or butter. Tell them that the time will soon come when there will be no safety in using eggs, milk, cream, or butter, because disease in animals is increasing in proportion to the increase of wickedness among men. The time is near when, because of the iniquity of the fallen race, the whole animal creation will groan under the diseases that curse our earth. God will give his people ability and tact to prepare wholesome food without these things. Let our people discard all unwholesome recipes. Exciting to children. You should be teaching your children. You should be instructing them how to shun the vices and corruptions of this age. Instead of this, many are studying how to get something good to eat. You place upon your tables butter, eggs, and meat, and your children partake of them. They are fed with the very things that will excite their animal passions, and then you come to meeting and ask God to bless and save your children. How high do your prayers go? You have a work to do first. When you have done all for your children, which God has left for you to do, then you can with confidence 
claim the special help that God has promised to give you. Properties and eggs are remedial agencies. Guard against extremes. Do not go to extremes in regard to the health reform. Some of our people are very careless in regard to health reform. But because some are far behind, you must not, in order to be an example to them, be an extremist. You must not deprive yourself of that class of food which makes good blood. Your devotion to true principles is leading you to submit yourself to a diet which is giving you an experience that will not recommend health reform. This is your danger. When you see that you are becoming weak physically, it is essential for you to make changes and at once put into your diet something you have left out. It is your duty to do this. Get eggs of healthy fowls. Use these eggs cooked or raw. Drop them uncooked into the best unfermented wine you can find. This will supply that which is necessary to your system. Do not for a moment suppose that it will not be right to do this. The time will come when milk cannot be used as freely as it is now used, but the present is not the time to discard it. And eggs contain properties which are remedial agencies in counteracting poisons. In Sanitarium Dietary while I would discard flesh meat as injurious, something less objectionable may be used, and this is found in eggs. Do not remove milk from the table or forbid its being used in the cooking of food. The milk used should be procured from healthy cows and should be sterilized. But I wish to say that when the time comes that it is no longer safe to use milk, cream, butter, and eggs, God will reveal this. No extremes in health reform are to be advocated. The question of using milk and butter and eggs will work out its own problem. At present, we have no burden on this line. Let your moderation be known unto all men. When a letter came to me from Kornbong saying that Dr. Blank was dying, I was that night instructed that he must have a change of diet. A raw egg taken two or three times a day would give the nourishment that he greatly needed. Those who come to the sanitarium must be provided with wholesome food prepared in the most palatable way, consistent with right principles. We cannot expect them to live just as we live. The food placed before the patients should be such as to make a favorable impression on them. Eggs can be prepared in a variety of ways. Failure to replace food elements. While warnings have been given regarding the dangers of disease through butter and the evil of the free use of eggs by small children, yet we should not consider it a violation of principle to use eggs from hens that are well cared for and suitably fed. Eggs contain properties that are remedial agencies in counteracting certain poisons. Some, in abstaining from milk, eggs, and butter, have failed to supply the system with proper nourishment, and as a consequence have become weak and unable to work. Thus, health reform is brought into disrepute. 
the work that we have tried to build up solidly is confused with strange things that God has not required, and the energies of the church are crippled. But God will interfere to prevent the results of these two strenuous ideas. The gospel is to harmonize the sinful race. It is to bring the rich and poor together at the feet of Jesus. The time will come when we may have to discard some of the articles of diet we now use, such as milk and cream and eggs, but it is not necessary to bring upon ourselves perplexity by premature and extreme restrictions. Wait until the circumstances demand it, and the Lord prepares the way for it. Part 3. Cheese Unfit for Food Cheese should never be introduced into the stomach. Butter is less harmful when eaten on cold bread than when used in cooking, but as a rule it is better to dispense with it altogether. Cheese is still more objectionable. It is wholly unfit for food. The word cheese translated strong, sharp cheese with Ellen White's approval in the German language edition. Many a mother sets a table that is a snare to her family. Flesh meats, butter, cheese, rich pastry, spiced foods and condiments are freely partaken of by both old and young. These things do their work in deranging the stomach, exciting the nerves, and enfeebling the intellect. The blood-making organs cannot convert such things into good blood. The grease cooked in the food renders it difficult of digestion. The effect of cheese is deleterious. Children are allowed to eat flesh meats, spices, butter, cheese, pork, rich pastry, and condiments generally. They are also allowed to eat irregularly and between meals of unhealthful food. These things do their work of deranging the stomach, exciting the nerves to unnatural action, and enfeebling the intellect. Parents do not realize that they are sowing the seed which will bring forth disease and death. When we commenced the camp meeting in Nora, Illinois, I felt it my duty to make some remarks in reference to their eating. I related the unfortunate experience of some at Marion and told them I charged it to unnecessary preparations made for the meeting and also eating the unnecessary preparations while at the meeting. Some brought cheese to the meeting and ate it. Although new, it was altogether too strong for the stomach and should never be introduced into it. It was decided that at a certain camp meeting, cheese should not be sold to those on the ground. But on coming to the ground, Dr. Kellogg found to his surprise that a large quantity of cheese had been purchased for sale at the grocery. He and some others objected to this, but those in charge of the grocery said that the cheese had been bought with the consent of Brother Blank and that they could not afford to lose the money invested in it. Upon this, Dr. Kellogg asked the price of the cheese and bought the whole of it from them. He had traced the matter from cause to effect 
and knew that some foods generally thought to be wholesome were very injurious. Practice of Mrs. White In regard to cheese, I am now quite sure we have not purchased or placed on our table cheese for years. We never think of making cheese an article of diet, much less of buying it.